It doesn't matter, right? If I ask for an hour of your time to do what? An hour of your time is still an hour of your time. And, you know, like, and, and that's the biggest thing that I think most of the people need to understand. This is why courses are going to continue to be able to be there because once people start understanding the value of their time, it will shift, but they don't. Most, the average person, if I walk up to them and say, hey, how much for an hour of your time? It's to do what? Dude, I don't care. If you're paying me $5,000 an hour, I don't care if I'm digging a ditch. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And I'm excited. We are back with another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. I've got Joshua B. Lee, and I was in the back room with him chatting. I think that's what you can maybe call it here on Zoom, the before you get going. <laughs> and um, he is right now crushing it with the standout authority, and that is his brand. I'm pretty excited about this podcast. How you doing, man? Dude, Jason, it's a good day, man. You know, it's Friday. You know, you and I are catching up. We were talking about how we different connections from Thailand to California to, you know, everything. So I can only imagine where we're going to go from here. Dude, amazing. So I'm going to take back um, just a little bit. And, and I thought that I would just open up the conversation. And as we kind of go back, I always like to see the evolution of the business owner. And kind of, it was a little while back, I thought that this was quite interesting comment. And you said, like many, I'm feeling called to lead in a much bigger way right now. You said, a good friend of mine, Brad Johnson's hosting a live event, and you were doing some virtual advising and things. I thought I'd open this up with, um, what is it that uh, you believe is the feeling or the drive uh, to want to lead instead of maybe taking a seat back, taking a position of employment, which is totally fine. We do have uh, leadership in there. But your statement really stood out because it was a sense of, I'm going to obviously evolve for yourself, um, but become somebody that would lead others. What, what is it about yourself that uh, kind of kicked that time in? This was in 2020. Oh, yeah. No, I know Brad Johnson, good friend of mine, you know, past client. And, you know, it's, I remember the podcast well. It was a great, I mean, Jason, I appreciate the, Again, the integrity that you take to be able to kind of research everyone kind of going on. I mean, it's a it's an amazing thing kind of kind of look at that. I mean, as we look at the evolution, right? I mean, it's I, I look back when I first started back in 03, my you know, my real first company kind of going through and really getting everything going. Um honestly, man, I, I was kind of blessed and cursed, right? I mean, I, I got in the online advertising world at an early stage. And I got thrown into it, man. It was all about relationships, being able to go through. And I had a relationship that actually provided me the opportunity to have one of my first clients be MySpace, right? I mean, it's, I say this, my wife usually, you know, busts my balls. When I say this. She's like, she's like, dude, you know, you, whenever you say that you're one of your first clients is MySpace, it ages the, you know, <laughs> it really ages you. I'm like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, like, you know, I had that opportunity. I was involved working with companies like Yahoo, Google back in the day when they're getting started. And I mean, back then, I mean, like I helped them create one of the first social media ads, right? So it's a massive shift to be able to kind of go through that a lot of ads are based off today. And so I had a lot of influence, but I, I was, dude, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it was printing money. We were doing arbitrage back then, you know, buying low, selling high and using that traffic to be able to leverage. And I sat back. There's many things that I saw kind of going through, like things that Google were doing and these other companies that now have a stranglehold on everything that we do. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to be in front of the curtain. Like, I make really good money. I'm gonna hype, I'm gonna be behind the curtain just make my cash. And honestly, that led me to a point where, yeah, man, I 
I grew a lot of companies. I mean, like to date, I've con- I've controlled over and built over 16 different companies, but I had grown 10 companies at the time. And I got into a point in looking in the mirror, dude, it was like, you know, I got an overweight, never been overweight in my life, very athletic. You know, my friends were monetary and I know vision about where I was going. I just knew where I was at. It was all about this whole work-life balance that I was trying mm-hmm. to be able to do. I was partying as hard as I was working mm-hmm. and it wasn't serving me. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I, I had the ability and I mean, I, I feel like I'm jumping head deep in because I mean, this is yeah. like that point, Jason, dude, when like, I remember like being in my office and my office at that point in time, I had just had my son not too long ago and my daughter was just born. I always had my office open, right? I wanted the, the, my kids, if I couldn't say it in front of my kids, I didn't want to say it. And those doors shut at a certain point because I just wasn't happy with what I was doing, sitting behind the curtain, not adding value, creating change in this world. And dude, I mean, I remember staring at the wall, like contemplating if I should, should be on this planet, if the money I would leave would be more important for my kids. Got it. And I mean, dude, it was, I was really blessed. A buddy of mine had given me permission. He was also, you know, big in the, the jujitsu side and stuff of that nature. And give me permission to be able to take back my life. And I, I said at that point in time, I would never sit back. Right. And I'm, I'm always going to put hundred percent me hundred percent of the time on and offline out there, you know, cause people are going to love or hate me. Right. And, and that's the thing with anyone, you know, as a leader, if you want to be able to stand up, you have to understand that people are going to love or hate you. That's how we make decisions. That's how humans are built. If you are indifferent to this world, you are not only serve, not only not serving yourself, you're not serving them. You're wasting time. And that's the one resource we can't get back. And that's the biggest thing I want people to understand is like, I've been in both places. I'd rather have less money and have more influence and more impact and create change for my kids and my kids' kids than just sit back and print cash. Because honestly, that led me to a world that is, I didn't want to be around anymore. Yeah. I think that um, that that opening, and I think that what you said, everybody says work hard, play hard. And I think that I went through that evolution as well, where I started off really early. I was in e-commerce in the early 2003, started off in the, you would know some of these brands. I was one of the first to have like affliction online clothing and probably remember okay. that. And you had shared oh, yeah. you were in Southern California and one of the first to be in the sunglass business online. <clears throat> and I think that uh, what you're sharing was also a shift and kind of curious because I kind of went through this. Um it sounds like you kind of had this before the internet, you were obviously out the internet and MySpace. you share that that was kind of the transition going into that, but it really went into this world of trying to express yourself on a computer. And that really whacked my head. I think it was like, wait, I can't express the same way. I have to write this expression. Did you kind of go through that as well? You felt like you're just pushing yourself through this tube and you're like, God, Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're doing, we're, we're trying to be what everyone we expect everyone, we feel that everyone expects us. I mean, and this is what drives most people crazy, right? Our perception of other people's perception was what is what drives every single person crazy because we have no clue what their perception is, especially with online perception is everything. So like we're getting on there, we're going, oh my God, this is what I need to do. I don't want someone to have a different perception of me. How do we even know, right? Unless they tell us specifically, and honestly, half these people are hiding behind a fucking computer, right? I mean, being able to go through... And that's where they feel strong to be able to go through. So like, look, it's okay. You have to go through and like, yes, hundred percent. This is what it's the downfall that we continue to be able to see with social media is that in, and what it shows for our kids and, and how it's really causing a, a mental strain across everybody these days on just 
you know, how you're supposed to be online, but mm-hmm. it makes up the rules. I mean, like, honestly, oh, great answer. your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, uh, who, who makes up the rules is a really good answer. I'm going to, um, ask you also, cause you had opened, uh, MySpace and, um, yeah. the, the conversation I would go back in MySpace was, um, People really at that time, obviously, for people that don't know, it really anchored off of music. And it was like this idea of almost like, how do we take MTV and create our own situation? Which is now, Um, while they're they're 100% owned and only in the music industry now, they still exist. They're just more, I think, Justin Timberlake kind of purchased a big portion of it or something like that. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then I think the other thing people don't know, if you have your login, you could still get in. Did you know that? Oh, and then you'll actually see, I tell people all the time, because we do a lot of personal branding now too. And I'm like, make sure too, that you like, you go in, if you've got, like, we did so much augmentation on those platforms and they're like, there might be shit on there that you don't want anyone else to see. Like you might want to go back in and clear that out. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't, I, I'm going to go ahead and push back on that. There was probably nothing during MySpace compared to OnlyFans that you probably don't have on there. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's an ex-girlfriend you don't want to see anymore or anything like that. But compared to what we're at today, I mean, that would be PG. I mean, I think in a oh. sense. Well, and I mean, I think too, I don't think anyone knew how or where, uh, how they were, again, supposed to show up. So, I mean, you were seeing more real and raw, which let me tell you, man, I mean, like, I think that's what, that's what the world needs right now. More real and raw, not overproduced. Because when overproduced kind of comes in, it's when we feel we're going to get pitched. It's commercial. It's going through. It's, it's, it's fake. It's staged. Like, like show me the real you behind what you, who you are. I mean, like, I don't, I don't care about how you show up on camera, but I mean, like, like show me behind the scenes. Yeah, that was, um, that was obviously during that time we kind of went from, you know, MySpace, and then it really opened up to uh, the real world and oh, yeah? then it opened up to those, uh, the Kardashians, all those things. And that went behind the scenes. And I think that that's kind of what you're sharing. And yeah. that evolution, though we want to be fake, the evolution of this is really what's going on. People have the ability to, I guess you could say, relate to you. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for, commonalities as human beings. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I talk about on social these days is people forget to, to share that you behind you men, right? There's a you and human, right? And most people forget that mm. aspect. And I mean, so that's that whole piece. It's like, as commonalities, like you and I, we were catching up before, like, oh my God, you're into this. Me too. More than likely people want to work with people that they have, rela- you know, they re- have related opportunities with, right? Like if they're like, oh, Josh is a dad, me too. I relate to him. I bet we would connect and work well together compared to someone that's like, oh, well, I don't have anything in common with that person. Even though they might be the best in the world, that without that relatability and that's where a lot of that kind of came in and that's what we continue to strive for. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think that's absolutely correct. And I think that, uh, the more that you can kind of express those things I share with people all the time, you know, um, and we do this in, in our business as well is that just basically encourage people to do outside, create accolades outside of the internet. And I yeah. think that when you do that, you get people, we were talking about, you know, I was talking about martial arts. We were talking about jujitsu with your son and, and we yeah. were talking about these things and where you lived out here, we weren't really connecting on how good your LinkedIn is, which we will continue to grow through there. We didn't connect on, you know, what your Facebook profile looked like. We Wait, didn't... Jason, you don't like the people when they walk up to you and like, Hey, I'm Josh. What do you do? Like, what do I do? Like I breathe, I wake up every day. 
you know, oh, what do I do to make money? Like, how does that actually build a connection? It's just exhausting. And you know what? That's um, tra- having a traveling background. That's an American thing. Yeah. They really don't do that in other countries. They don't really ask you what you do. Um, yeah. You know, they, they really they really don't. And I, I was yeah. shocked. You know, they really don't care. They really find out kind of who you are. I'm going to pull back a little bit because yeah, when, you, when you when you make a statement that says, uh, you know, I started these 16 companies, I think that immediately people think like, oh, wow, you know, that's a there's a lot of that's a lot of work. And I think that, you know, if you were to put it into anything and say, well, I played five sports, there's fundamentals. And I share with people, if you were to say I played five different sports, I always say it's in the hips. If you have the ability to move your hips and you have the ability, (laughs) Shakira style, but if you have the ability to move your hips, you can play baseball. If you have the ability to move your hips, you can play golf. So I'm going to use that analogy and try to maybe extract the starting point of when you decide to start a company. What are some of the fundamentals that you start with? And you say, look, I'm, I'm going to kind of start this out. I'm going to start a brand. What are some fundamentals that you start saying, look, the, either it's, is it the people that you want to take on? Is there a, uh, is, is it um, the understanding of the niche? Is it a software you know that you need? Is it a, say, what, what are some of those fundamentals that yeah. um, you have found that would say, look, this is how I need to start this, the things I need to have in the beginning? I mean, for me, you know, Jason, it's it's always been being able to see around the corner, right? What's the coming, you know, and being involved in that. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, if there's an opportunity, right? There's a need. I mean, I, I can go back into, you know, junior high when I sold candy out of my locker, right? Like kids needed, kids wanted candy. I, my parents were willing to be able to take me to the Costco or Sam's back then and buy the candy. I mean, look, I had a hundred percent return ROI, right? Like, because my parents were paying for the candy. I got it. I sold it out of the locker. It was awesome, right? And like these are those things, and I've I've been able to see those kind of needs in the marketplace, and I think that's just, especially me being growing up as an only child, right? Like I didn't have built-in relationships with a brother or sister. Like I had a, relationships were were huge for me to be able to understand how people interact, with how, what they do, what their needs, what their likes, right? To be able to try and do those things. And yeah, I played sports too, right? I mean, sports were a very pivotal part of who I was growing up. And on the business side, it's finding the right people. I know what I do best, right? I know the superpower that I have. And when I can actually be able to leverage that and be able to find the right person to be able to go in, most of my companies in the beginning were started because one, I was in that online advertising space and I saw opportunity and people would come to me and they go, Hey, can you coach me on X, right? Mm -hmm. Being an entrepreneur, starting a company, being able to go through. And for me, I didn't want to bet on an idea. I always bet on a person, on a human being because ideas come and go the right human can stand the test of time, can take it to the edge, right? Can continue to be able to push forward. And so that's how I started a lot of my companies was like, look, I've got an infrastructure already. You're amazing in this. You you run it. I'm going to give you the infrastructure to be able to come in and we're going to go from here. And so that's where a lot of my companies started from betting on the right individual to be able to back their play and to be able to be that that person that goes, look, I, I understand and I can read people really well. So that's kind of where most of mine now where I am today, what I do after I went through my recent was really, it looked inside of myself, right? I mean, dude, first time, and and I I mentioned a little bit, you know, kind of like contemplating life, but I mean, I went through a reset where, you know, I I went through divorce, right? I actually, you know, at that point in time, I closed down all my companies 
And, you know, I care more about the time for my kids and my former care more about the money. So I said, well, take it. Like I said, I can make more money. I can't make more time. And so when I first reset, dude, I mean, if you'd, you'd see me after that, I mean, like t- talk about pendulum swing. I had the man bun, the mala beads, you know, I was, I was, I was deep in it. Right. Being able to go through and I was like, I'm going to be a life coach. Um, I wrote my book balance is bullshit. Right. You know, how to live more of an integrated life. And like, it was cool, but like, I didn't, I realized like really quickly, I was like, I'm not a life coach, but I need to be able to take what I know. And this is the biggest thing for me starting a company is if it's something that I really enjoy and I see opportunity in the marketplace for it, ask. We live in a social media driven world. I can actually go online right now and go, hey, anyone interested in X? Have people raise their hand? Social proof, opportunity. Now I can create. I don't have to actually build a company and hope I can sell something. I can sell it before I actually build it. And so that's kind of what I look for these days too. Is there a need in the marketplace? And do I feel good about it? Is it adding value to this world? Not just monetizing. So if I'm just monetizing, I'm going to find myself in that same situation or making a lot of money and I hate my life. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, one of the things that are important is that you bet on yourself. And when you put yourself in a position where you're going to bet on yourself, you'd be surprised on how many people are willing to bet on you. Right. And the further you go into that, I bet on myself, people will see that grit and they'll attract to that grit. And then as you start to go through that, people will see things like, I just want to see you succeed. I want to see, can I help you? Because I think that ultimately we want to see people win. Winners want to see other people win. And I've never been a top down kind of guy. I've never been a person that, that says, you know, there's too many people in the room. I can't win. I ultimately it's, my fault. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've, I've been down that road many times. And I think that if you even go through those positions and you bet on yourself, usually there's there's this inner internal instinct that you have that you bet on and you've maybe done it before and you go for it. Um, as you as you built those companies, did you exit out of those companies or did you sell them off or did you? Yeah, I mean, that th- those right there prior to those, I had, had a couple different exits that worked out really well for me in the seven figure range. Um, but at that point in time, I mean, I literally either gave them to the business partner that I had with that or in liquidated my assets. I mean, like I walked away. I mean, like I, at th- this was at 36, right? I'm 44 now. And it's. um you know, as I, as I went through, I mean, I, I literally just to be able to deal, my, my lawyers told me at this point in time, Jason was like, look, this is going to take up to three years, right? She thinks you're hiding money everywhere. And I mean, it's good business. I was a good businessman. So, I mean, like I knew how to do my taxes really well at the same point, a good tax attorneys. And so, you know, those things were leveraged towards me. And I said, look, I had two kids. Like, I don't want to take them through this whole piece. And so I, I literally gave it away. I mean, I walked away with a little bit under a thousand dollars when I moved back in with my parents. I didn't worry about money or or doing that thing for a while, but I knew it was going to be best for my kids and for this to be able to go through. And that's kind of where it started. So, yes, I did sell some. Com- I have sold some of my companies. Amazing process to be able to go find that opportunity through those. I mean, I literally just went like this, and people were like, "Dude, are you kidding me?" For me, it was freeing at first. It's like, yeah, free. I didn't like these companies anyway, right? Like I, mm. I built them because I could. And then I was like, 
man, I didn't even realize I was in a mini depression at that point because I'd walked away from everything that I, I had held on to as we do as entrepreneurs. Like we, we put our value in our businesses rather than holding it within ourselves. And I mean, it, it took me a little bit to be able to kind of come out of that going, okay, well, you have to figure this out. And I mean, like as an entrepreneur, we can like, cool. All right. What do I need to sell? What do I need to do? How do I need to do this and get it done? So, you know, that that's the, the gist as, as Kenny going through. And like, I love what you said too, like being able to surround yourself with winners. I wasn't prior to this, right? I had surrounded myself with like, appreciate them. A lot of people that I'd grown up with in my life, you know, cause I, I, I knew them because again, again, only child syndrome, right? Like I want to have friends and people that friends that become family and I treat them like my brothers and sisters. Do I always get treated back that way? Not always. And I realized that right when that money was gone, suddenly I'm like, dude, where's everyone at? Josh isn't paying for everything. Oh, right. I've been there. I've been there. And then I found this group. Um, some, they're called Maverick 1000. A good friend of mine, Yannick Silver runs it. And I was early on and I was like, it was an experience that actually happened. Um, I got invited to Necker Island to go spend some time with Richard Branson on a little mastermind there. And it was crazy. Let's go All ahead and take a, a moment. Let's are- just take a moment of silence. That's pretty gangster. Just a moment of silence for that moment. Everybody wants to do a Necker Island. So I I, I will take a moment. Um, here's, your, here's your last Thailand experience. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's amazing. I could dive into that, but I will go ahead and extract. I, I think that's always something that I've always wanted to well, do. Jason, so. if it's something you're interested in, man, um, it's actually another one of those trips coming up in March. I'm always happy to be able to share it with you. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a life changing for me because what it did for me, they'd be like, oh, what's your bands and being able to go through Necker Island? I mean, dude, we could tell some stories there too, but seriously, it was like being able to be surrounded with people that were actually because prior to this, as long as I made money, but I didn't talk about it, mm-hmm. it was okay, right? Even my my former in laws, like I wasn't able to talk about the money. They appreciated the money that I made, but I wasn't able to go, wow, you know, I couldn't be proud of the money, right? I couldn't celebrate those successes because those people didn't feel success. They were happy to be in there for the money. And then when I found this new group, I was like, whoa, they can actually make money and do well in the world. Mm. I was like, dude, this is, this is my crew. This is my tribe. This is what I've been looking for. Like this opens up so many opportunities because I hadn't seen that before. Right. When I wanted to start shifting my world to be able to add value to the world, not just monetize it. I remember my former even going like, hey, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to help people? She's like, do what you do best, make money. I was like, that's when I knew our gap had grown too large and I had that, that separation, right? And, and made a new path, which led me to the amazing woman I'm married with today, right? More alignment. But these are those things that I want people to be able to consider. And like, I'm hearing things too that you're saying. I'm like, if we don't key in on this, you always hear about the five people you're surrounded with have the most influence, but it's, it's not always that too. I mean, it, it really is. Are people celebrating your successes, but also there when you fall down, right? Because there's there might be a lot of people that are like, yay, good job, Jason. Dude, you're crushing it. You fall down. You're like, hello, where's everybody? And I think that's what we, a lot of us lack. One of the things that um, looking back on my journey and, and I look back and I had partnerships and things and I look back at those partnerships and as I ever go into a partnership again, I never will look at the money. I'm always looking at is maybe they don't bring in as much seed money, but ultimately what is the 
the uh, what is the asset that you have that's going to actually move the business forward? Because if you're ever going to go into any form of, of, of a partnership, many times, if somebody's going to give you money, the only thing that they're waiting for back is the ROI. But if you find somebody that says, hey, I'm going to put some seed money in and I have this asset, this asset, this asset, I'm going to take that and put it in your current flow or your river heading downstream, then not only do you have this cash, but you also have these assets that are going to take you to the next yeah, level. Sorry. And I, I think that that is kind of in the same, in, in the same realm. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I found you on, on Facebook, as I was going through, I sent you a message that, yeah. uh, as you know, here's something I'd share with you. And anybody that's listening to this, I, this is, I send these messages out and yeah, they're cold. And I even say in the message, I'm like, look, some relationship, I'm, I ain't going to say this is a cold message, but any relationship I've ever made started off cold. So yeah. I'm just going to say, this is kind of how it is. And you were su super cool. And you sent me a message back and and the message really was like, Hey, you know what? I like what you're doing. Things are cool. It's just not a good fit for me. And what, what I'm going to share with you right now, and anybody that's listening, the people that send messages back and they're irritated and they try to tell you, well, your messaging is wrong and you're just, all these things. I'm going to share with you guys right now. This is a great example. And that is the people that are making it, they will message me and they are 10 times, 100 times more successful in the position that you're in. And the thing that you're doing is you're cutting yourself at your knees. You're stopping a relationship when someone's starting to go there. And, and I noticed that in you. And that's why I even, I was like, wait a minute, I, I could be me here because he was honest. He was open. He was super cool. And I was like, we can go further. And that is yeah. the moment I said, you know what? That might not be a good fit, but I do have another angle where maybe we can create a relationship. And now we're here today. And you, so, sent me a, you sent me the voice message back, which was even more. I'm like, okay, now I'm, again, that as humans, right? We connect. I, I can hear your tonality, can hear sincerity in your voice. You know, I'm like, okay, I get this guy, right? And then this is why we're here like a week later. We're like, okay, yeah. cool. Let's, let's cut the chase. Let's have some fun. So I'm going to, I'm going to dump in kind of transition. We went through yeah. some pain, right? We just went through some reality. And I think that, uh, I, I think I'll just say one more thing. And you, you expressed it so much that entrepreneurs, it's okay to have this ego, which usually comes down to the ego of belief in ourselves. And a lot of people don't know how to take that, but really yeah. all you're really doing, it was actually 50 cent. He said, there, I knew that when there was going to come a time where people would misunderstand my arrogance and my ego, but they don't know how far I had to go to get here. And he accepted that and he moved forward. Truth, but I think man. the other thing is you share the crash and the humility that it takes to get back up and continue to go, even when it's ugly, it's nasty. And you are going for something that you believe in. And I think that this is a commonality that you and I are, are expressing. It's that every business owner, if you get that crash, or it's almost like um, if you're in business, just wait, you'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well and if you haven't been sued then you, you haven't really been doing business very well you haven't been in business you haven't been in business <laughs> so i'm going to make the transition into um uh, uh where you're at a little bit today um yeah. and uh we're in the human revolution let's stand out together i thought the line was amazing and you stand on the stand out 
authority and ready to build your personal brand and get new opportunities on LinkedIn. And I think that you're, I think that through your story, you obviously took your story, your channel, your skill sets, and then you just took it to LinkedIn. And, and I think that one of the things I wanted to open up with is what do you see the, um, the differences of the people in the LinkedIn era or the side of the LinkedIn and then how people interact um, on the Facebook side? How do you yeah. see those two? I appreciate that. I mean, like, look, every platform is different kind of going through, but I mean, for me, I mean, I saw a massive opportunity because, you know, everything was like, everyone goes, oh, LinkedIn, that's where I put my resume or that's where I go get a job, right? Being able to go through and it's like, it's a B2B platform. And I mean, for me, I think the correlation, you know, I talked about that life coach aspect being able to go through and what I'd always seen in business would actually push me far where the, the people that I work with and what, that, how much they actually stood out which was there is no B2B or B2C, business to business or business to consumer. There's only H to H, human to human, right? Every company is run by another human being. Most mm -hmm. marketers forget that. And they mm -hmm. speak at people, right? They don't have, they don't write conversationally. They don't kind of go through that. And so that's where I saw a huge opportunity on LinkedIn. I was like, what if we'd actually just treat everyone like another human being, right? Like we already do that. And like, like I could be a, a light in a in a dim platform that's kind of going through where people don't understand, don't see the opportunity to be able to build a conversation. Cause most people get pissed off at LinkedIn too, is because they're like, dude, I get spammed all the time. Like, hey, Jason, I see you're wearing a shirt. Me too. Let's connect. Like, yeah. Like, what? Sure. Are you kidding me? And then, or if you do, then they they pitch you two seconds later. And I was like, yeah. what if we actually do the things? I mean, honestly, the things that my mom taught me how to be able to treat other human beings, we're just doing it online in a platform. Like, because like for us, when you go through, if I reach out and, you know, start a conversation that creates a relationship, a relationship open up, opens up an opportunity, right? Most people are trying to go from, from, you know, connect to pitch to sale, right? And it's like, do you, you miss the relationship aspect because what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to show people, I want to build advocates first and allow the byproduct become clients because advocates can bring me a hundred thousand clients compared to one-to-one -one opportunity. And so kind of that's where I saw with LinkedIn, that's the Facebook, right? Like Facebook's great. I can be able to go there, connect with my friends, be able to go through and, you know, post personal things. But the difference I always say is on Facebook, you, I can tell you when my kids are going to school, but on LinkedIn, you at least need to know I have kids. And this is the biggest thing that most people miss out on. They forget that aspect. They forget that personal side. Like, oh, it's this business. Mm -hmm. Well, I realized too, and this, I wrote it in my book as well. It's like, I don't have a business life and a personal life. That would almost be like having two different personalities. If I had two different personalities, two of them would be locked up in a sane asylum, right? I have one life and we have to live it that way. And so once we actually start doing that aspect, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, where everyone has such a structured, you know, box way of thinking, we become a guiding light and it creates stop gaps in their patterns. And that's where the opportunity that I saw and that we, we continue to create on that platform. So let's um, break into kind of the model that you have right now, um, yeah. anchor off the thing about personal brand. Um, and there was a couple of things that I think were, is valuable. Um, I was actually, I try to do my homework and try to respect. <laughs> I didn't give you, you know, much time. But I try to do, do my homework and, I was kind of getting a chuckle because as I was doing through this, 
if any of you guys want to know a little trick, some of you guys don't know this, but there's a little filter in uh, Facebook. If you click that filter and there's a drop down, you can go back to all the years. And if you if you click down on those years, you can start to see where people are at in their life. And I mean, I gave out my little secret on how I kind of do my homework here, but sure. I was getting a chuckle because as I was doing my homework, these those years from I think it was 2019, 20, I was, <laughs> I'd hit it and it'd be, it would go, Merry Christmas. And then, it's my wedding dance anniversary. So I had to ever I caught every one of your wedding anniversaries. So as I, was no, and I, I stopped posting on Facebook for a long time too, man. I used to do like all my kids were on there. Like, and then I was like, yeah. I don't know if I need to share my kids. And I and I don't really talk about the business side on Facebook that much, yeah. right? So so what I wanted to kind of jump in is that um you've also do business with your wife, correct? I do, yeah. She left uh corporate last year and you know, bless me to kind of come in. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. One of those things too, it's like probably the best partnership, but at the same time, it's that one life, right? Like we, we live it, you know, on and offline together. We do everything. So yeah. I'll go ahead and give you a plug. Why don't you go ahead and pull that hat up? Cause I thought it was so cool. <laughs> Our family. Yeah. I mean, what the, the we finally, with the last name of Lee, it was finally like, all right, how do we actually actually build this and, you know, be able to take it to the next level. So that's where we actually started going through. Yeah. So, um, and, and where I was going with that, and I'll kind of transition into the next one, but um, what, what's that like uh, working with your wife? And, um, you know, I think that I don't, I don't think everybody can do it. Um, uh, I think it takes a special, special uh, relationship to be able to do it. Um, yeah. But what have you learned uh, through that process of, um, you know, everybody's execution is a little different expectations. Yeah. Some people don't show up work on time, <laughs> but they're very good at what they do. You know? Yeah. Dude. I mean, it's, yeah, I'm going to be honest, Jason. I mean, it's one of those pieces, right? I mean, it's, it's, I sat here, I'm like, dude, it's easy. I'd be lying to everybody. Right. Like it's not easy for us to be able to kind of go through that. We found ways to be able to do it. And it, and it really, the reason why is how I started the relationship. I told you I went through a divorce, right. I mean, yeah. we actually just celebrate our four year anniversary together. And so like when we got together, when I first met her, um, here in Austin, Texas, you know, she was getting her MBA at the University of Texas, and she was like, "Hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm leaving a Microsoft. Um, I'm going to Seattle. Um, I'm corporate path." Uh, and I say, "Cool." She's like, "I'm leaving in three months. Like, awesome. This is great." Like, no, there's an easy end date. I don't have to end it. We can have some fun. You're out. We're gone. Kind of whole thing. And right before she left, too, she goes, "All right, you know, this has been awesome." You know, um, you want to come meet me on the sea? I'm like, cool, yeah, I'll call you. She's like, all right, why don't you buy a plane ticket? I was like, dude, you're not gonna outplay me. Like, I'm gonna buy that plane ticket, right? Yeah. I'm gonna see you and I'm gonna here's my plane ticket. I already bought it right now. I'll be able to do it. And we started doing this whole thing. It's like, dude, I gotta have a 10-year relationship. I don't want to go on a long distance. But one of the biggest things that I said to her when we started this was I just want to be hundred percent me, hundred percent of the time, you know with you, if you're going to be the person like, here's, here's everything I love. Here's the, here's everything I hate. Hell, here's my kinks, right? Like you can turn around, you live in another city and that communication allowed us to be able to grow and be able to connect on a level that I hadn't connected with someone ever before. I, I always said I was open and honest with everyone, but like, I don't think I was mm. right. I always held something back and with her. I did that. So like when the opportunity to be able to come in into the company, the business, and I, I could be a, hundred percent. Cause prior to that, like my past relationship, if things happen in the business, like I was a man, I'm going to protect my, my wife. I'm not going to let her know what's going on. And I, I bore the weight on my back. And I mean, that eventually built me you as, know, you know, just knocked me down. 
And I think as men, we do that a lot of times as entrepreneurs we do this, like, oh, it's, it's my weight to bear. I'll go through. I'm going to protect. You're not. You're just creating bigger gaps within your family. Like you're not communicating. Mm. And so that's the biggest thing I tell with anyone. Like if you want to be able to work with your partner, you better have a massive amount of communication and be able to go, look, you know, hey, this is coming. The biggest thing we learned recently. And we're very proactive. Like, look, I, I talked to a therapist. She does. We have therapists together because mm-hmm. I want to be proactive on what's going on, not sure. reactive right? In the business and personal. And so like the biggest thing was like, Hey, look, I'm gonna put my husband hat on. I'm gonna say something to you versus, Hey, here's a, you know, the corporate, you know, the business hat, right? Being able to understand a place that we're coming through because certain times it comes through. It's hard. I mean, we recently had a thing. I was like, I was talking to our CEO or something like that. And I was like, and, or my therapist and like, and I would say, if this was not my wife, I'd probably, she's like, well, you're hurting the business. Like you're worried about hurting your wife's feelings. You're worried. You want to protect her, but you're not protecting her by not saying truly what needs to happen and where the business needs to go. Like, just be honest with her. You've done it before. Why are you trying to do that now? And like, when we started doing that, dude, it's, it really started allowing us to be able to seek more. And I mean, with us, it's great because I have that entrepreneurial background. She's got the corporate male, female. It allows us to be able to cover and sync on multiple different levels when we connect with our audience. I think that's very good insight. And um, I think that as we get older, I, I get to give you the word, the the word of wisdom is what you just shared, is what they like to say, which um, only comes with pain, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so now you've kind of transitioned and you've now, um, this business is where you're going. Let, let's talk about, I always say the inputs, you know, where, where do people, uh, you know, where's their input? Where do they come into your life? Where, where are they usually entering into your world? Um, yeah. Maybe what are some of the services that you guys have. Um, I have obviously the site up here, but I think coming from you is a little bit more powerful. Yeah, man. I mean, look, it's spent most of my time. If people are looking for me, it's going to be on LinkedIn, right? Where I believe in, you know, educating, exciting and drawing in my audience, right? Like I don't want to sell anyone. So, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like where I'm constantly educating, sharing everything I am. Like this when I told you, like before we got on the podcast, I like, dude, I'm an open book, right? I'll share yeah. everything that we do kind of going through because in the long run, the biggest thing most entrepreneurs need to understand is we're so scared when we start off, like no one finds out exactly what they're doing. They're going to copy me and they're going to take it. They, they can take your strategy all day long, but they can't take the magic, which is you, right? You know, mm-hmm. they don't have you, so they can steal your strategy. They can go through these things happen. And until they get you, it's not the same. And so that's why I share so much. So, I mean, like for me, we're on podcasts. I mean, I was, you know, I did the whole clubhouse thing. I was one of the early adopters on clubhouse. We were on there a whole bunch. And then I realized I was like, wow, you can't be on clubhouse for 12 hours a day and actually run a company. I don't know how people do, but uh, you know, we, we were early. I, I work with LinkedIn directly in the product team, stuff like that, testing out a lot of their beta products for us. I mean, we've gone through, like we launched last year. One of our biggest ways to be able to bring people in was Last year, we launched our own crypto coin, the SOA coin, right? And so really being able to you know, launch a coin and be bringing people in and say, look, if you own this much coin, you get access to all our past trainings, right? And and so, and that's where that family, you know, the family community started coming in. So that's where you we use the coin with. as kind of an NFT in a way. of yeah, that exactly. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. So that's kind of how we actually play that and kind of go through and for, but honestly, most of our clients go through how we run it. It's word of mouth. Right. I mean, truthfully, we work with, man, it's, I can't not smile when I say it. I mean, like I, I get to work with a lot of the men and women I used to read their books on how to be able to start my own companies 20 years ago. 
you know, some of the top coaches, some of the top people, very well-known people in this world, we get to help them and align with them to connect with their audience. Right. And, and when we do that, when you have, instead of me having to go to, let's say I wanted to pitch my services to every single person in an apartment complex, right. Oh, that'd be exhausting. But if I got the, the, the apartment manager on, I could just talk to them and they'll go and tell my services. And so that's kind of where we did, right. We, I, I said, look, I'm going to go through the best, be able to go that way. And so, you know, now I get to work with amazing people and we're, we're creating new products. We're, we're launching a new standing out with authority program here in a couple months, um, just because of the fact that not everyone can work with us at the levels that we have, but that's why I share so much as well too, Jason. What was that? I said, that's why I share so much online and oh, gotcha. freely on LinkedIn is because look, I mean, like in the long run, it's not about. I don't need to be able to work with every single person being able to go through. Like if I can be able to affect that audience, they can do better on LinkedIn. It helps everyone. We all grow when we grow together. What's your, um, your thought patterns on where the world is going with courses and um, people pulling education from courses? Um, do, do you find that is, you know, people are going to slowly but surely just try to find YouTube, which people have done. Or do you think that there's always going to be a space for purchase to to learn? I mean, look, there's always going to be a space for it, man. Because again, if you don't put like the same thing, right? Like I can go in and I can get a workout on YouTube, right? And be able to go through and like, it's only going to push me so much. But you actually, I mean, for human beings, we open our wallet to be able to put into it. I'm more apt to be able to do that because mm -hmm. I invested something in it and, and yeah. monetarily, like, not everyone looks at time as the same way they look at money, even though actually time is more precious. And so that's the biggest thing if someone invests. And so that's, I, there's always going to be a space. Now there's going to be a, we're going to get rid of the coaches that coach coaches how to coach. I mean, like, look, that's exhausted. It's, you know, it's just, it's a big, you know, big circle of nothing, right. That continues to be able to go through and no one's helping except for the the pyramid on the side of it. But for the right people that are really trying to help others, because I think entrepreneurs are one of the most powerful people on this planet that can create change, that can make it better, that can pull us out of the, the junk that we're in right now. But, you know, we've got to be able to take that space and, and people have to understand their value. And I think that's the big thing too. The average person in this world, like I remember speaking at an event, it was all, um, you know, work for hire people, stuff like that. And I said, okay, how much for an hour of your time? What do you think the first question that I was asked was? How much do you Any charge? Guesses? And when I asked, how, what do you charge? Like to do what? Oh, yeah. Per hour. What, what, it yeah. doesn't matter, right? If I ask for an hour of your time to do what? An hour of your time is still an hour of your time. And, you know, like, and, and that's the biggest thing that I think most of the people need to understand. This is why courses are going to continue to be able to be there because once people start understanding the value of their time, it will shift, but they don't. Most, the average person, if I walk up to them and say, hey, how much for an hour of your time? It's to do what? Dude, I don't care. If you're paying me $5,000 an hour, I don't care if I'm digging a ditch, right? Cool. I could dig a ditch or I could sell a course. It's still an hour of my time, mm -hmm. right? If I'm getting paid my worth, my value, it's like two opposing forces coming on. When someone comes in, this is, and dude, I'm sorry. If I'm you know, my entrepreneur ADHD, it kind of goes through like at any point in time, you're like, dude, okay, bring it back, Josh. You, you know, know, the thing I've learned about people with ADHD, which I could jump in is like, we're all over the place, but we can hyper-focus like some of the unreal 
Like oh, once yeah. we can get rid of those, if we can like get rid of those things, like we are like, we are like the horse, you know, and it's like with the blinders and we can bang stuff out. So it's like, I think that ADHD is just, we have too much energy. And if we don't know what to do with it, we're, you know, I'm over here trying to surf at the same time, trying to figure out how I can get that sand to take it over to, and it's like, I think this guy's crazy. And I'm like, well, everybody says rage ADHD now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the whole piece. And that's, I was sitting here. I'm like, dude, I, I, you and I, I mean, like we, I feel like we've known each other for years. So I'm just kind of going through being able yeah, to have man, a conversation, I but I mean, that's that whole piece, right? I mean, like for me, I just want to make sure that we're, we're giving that audience and there's certain things that just are pivotal in my life, like being able to understand my time value that really shifted everything I do, especially as an entrepreneur to go, even when hiring people, right? I know the original question was, Hey, do you think coaching, you know, coaching programs, online programs are going to go away, but like they won't because even the same person go, well, I can hire someone to do this. But they can't do it as well as me. Well, if they could, they would be you. Right. So sometimes it takes two to three people to do the same job you did. That's why courses, that's why these things need and still continue to be around. As I go around the loop of, I started here, talk about 50 different conversations. I get us back to the original question. But, you know, that's that whole piece, brother. I, I 100% going to be that's around. My job. Just the I'm right ones are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be an interesting exercise or in conversation of if, if you had somebody that you saw had value, how would you get them to see that they have that value? What, what would be something that you would look at that person? You could say, look, you know, what if you had a guy, you know, I don't know, a sports figure or what, whatever that may be. And you're like, dude, you're, you hit three. I mean, you're Stephen Curry or something. It's like, you bang threes, man, all the time. And he's like, I know, man, but I just don't want to go on the court. They're going to see me miss a spot. What would maybe be in your mind on how you would evolve that person? I would I would assume something out of next. I think you're going too far up to in the, in the ladder, brother, going to a sports mm -hmm. star. I mean, like we could sit here and go, you're a manager at McDonald's, right? Banging someone perfect. else. You know how many, if you could teach for $1, even half of half of the population, half a percent of the population, right? And they were willing to pay $1 to be able to understand how they could become a manager at McDonald's too. How much money you would have? Got it. I mean, that's that's the simple thing. Like people go like any of us have a special that they're going through. If you get half a half a percent of the population to pay you $1, how much money is That's over a million dollars you could make. Yeah. And I mean like, but people go, well, I have to be the sports star. I have to be able to do this. Like, Great. Dude, there's always people that are going to aspire to be where you're at, no matter what it is. If you can bottle that up and be able to share people how you got there, it's magic. So one of the things would be positioning. How 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 are you positioning yourself? Because value yeah. could be in multiple multiples, or maybe the difficulty would say, you know, maybe I am only worth that dollar. But if I can get that dollar to a million people, then my personal value is going to put myself in a position compared to I have three leads and I have to charge them $333,000. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I, 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 you know, everyone starts somewhere. You and me, we're probably at a point where like, if I could have a million people to make a million dollars, I could have a million people pay me a dollar or I could have... 10 people pay me $100,000. I'm going to take the 10 people every day of the week because overall, I know those people are going to be highly, usually people that pay more have less questions. People that pay a dollar usually going to overwhelm you and take over, you know, and take over your entire life and expect so much more out of you 
And there's just different levels of individuals. So these days, yeah, I'm going to be the guy that goes, look, I'm going to charge you $100,000 to be able to teach you something comparably to going, hey, I'm going to give it for a dollar. But it's just, I want people to understand that that the difference, the opportunity that is yeah. out there for everyone. And, but like, as you evolve, as you and I have been in business for a long time, we're going to want to work with that person because again, they're seeing the investment because they've gone there and they've done that to be able to even afford a larger investment. And they become a better client nine times out of 10 than the client that actually is just like, oh, well, what's the cheapest option that you have? Yeah. And the other thing too, is when somebody pays the hundred thousand or they pay that number amount, they're very keen on understanding that if I get one thing that moves the needle, it's right. going to transition my life. When in fact, right. sometimes when the position that you're at, you're looking at that, that program to change your life. Right. Exactly. And I think that what maybe it's anybody that's listening to this, and that is that there's stepping stones in every person that you learn from. And every single person you go through that process, you take a little bit from them. And I think that what I actually heard somebody else had actually said this and said, look, if you get a coach, you're going to find that person and say, look, maybe it's your batting coach in, in uh, uh, junior high or something. And you say, look, I'm, I got to take something from them. I, yeah. I'm going there and I have to get something. And then the next you're going to go into high school and you're going to get another batting coach. And then that person's going to, and I'm using baseball lately, but you could actually get that person to, uh, I, the reason why is because I naturally just talk about fighting. So I try to be diversified, but <laughs> <laughs> But, but that person might pull you in and get your elbow a little bit tighter. And then you go into college ball. But when you add it all up, it was all of those people in your life that really got you to that position. So I think that that, that hits a really good point. And that is that the people that are at the, the stage are saying, I haven't paid that much. Now I'm going to get it. You got to watch your expectations and know that this is a journey. And the person that probably paid that was like, ah, oh, trying to hold the money. And then they evolved you know, to that position. Yeah. I, um, I think, I think what you've done is you've put yourself in a spot where, um, you have a lot of great experience. I think that, uh, you've, uh, you've, you've come full circle from the highs and the lows. And in, in this show, um, entrepreneur evolved, the, the story is the evolution. And I think Joshua B. Lee, you've done a fantastic job doing that. And I think that you've been extremely honest and, and seem like somebody that, uh, would, would people would obviously want to work with. How do they find you? What um, we talked about LinkedIn, so I've, I've got the plug there. But um, how would you like them to to maybe interact with you or or find uh, your guys's uh, position? You know, Jason. I mean, yeah. Surprise, surprise. You know, being the LinkedIn guy, kind of going through that whole aspect. You know, yeah. I love people to look me up on LinkedIn, Joshua B. Lee, being able to go through. But like, I want people to understand too. Like, this is the biggest problem with LinkedIn. People just you know, hit send blank connection requests and everyone accepts. And it's like, they're, they're playing Pokemon online, right? They're trying to collect them all. And I'm like, that, that's the biggest problem, right? I'm not trying to collect a whole bunch of connections, right? Like if you gain some value from this, or, you know, again, listen, because Jason adds so much value, like send me a message on LinkedIn saying, Hey, I heard you on the podcast, dude, I love Jason because of X, Y, or Z, right? Or I met Jason because of this, because then not only does that actually let me understand how they know you and how they're in your world, but let me relate to you better as well, too. So like it allows that connection, that relationship, those opportunities, that conversation. So that's the best way. Of course, you can go to our website, standoutauthority.com, but I'd rather be able to build a relationship and conversation with all your listeners. And 
Two, I should have said this beginning. You know, you could have taught, you could use arm bars and, you know, grappling and stuff like that. I, I did, did a couple of years, you know, so I, I would have related enough to, you know, instead of having to throw the baseball in there, but you know, it's okay. I, I honestly, it had nothing to do with you. I'm saying on the podcast, I talk about <laughs> fighting so much. I'll literally go, well, this is a thing. And when somebody's going to get hit, this is the position. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get redundant here. So all of you guys, ball players out there, that was for you. <laughs> I like it. I Definitely like it. I a stereo. It. Joshua B. Lee. My brother's name's Joshua. So that was really simple. Um, I appreciate your time, man. Um, this yeah. is an incredible podcast for anybody that's looking for stories, things that they want to learn. Be sure you check out the upper other episodes of the Move Entrepreneur Evolve podcast and let's kick some ass. Get on it. Thanks a lot, Joshua. Thank you, man. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.